It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Washington Commanders are looking to win their sixth game in their last seven outings, and the Atlanta Falcons are trying to stay in the NFC South Divisional race. Which one is going to be successful this weekend? We're going to break it all down for you on Crossover Thursday right now. You are Locked On Commanders, your daily podcast on the Washington Commanders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Locked On Commanders and the Locked On Falcons podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We are your daily podcast covering the Washington Commanders and the Atlanta Falcons, free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. And of course, we thank you for making us your first listen or your first view of the day. I'm David Harrison, credential media member covering the Washington Commanders for Commander Country. And of course, this uh, this prestigious network previewing this weekend's game with Aaron Freeman, host of Locked On Falcons the Falcons prophet and writer for the Falcoholic. Make sure you're following Aaron on Twitter at Falcfans, and you can find me at dharrison82. As always, our Crossover Thursday episodes are brought to you by Prize Picks Daily Fantasy Made Easy. You pick two to five players. You predict whether or not they're going to score more or less than their prize picks projection. And if you're right, you can win up to 10 times your money on any entry. First-time users, you get a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 using the promo code Locked On. That's pricepicks.com or the Price Picks app. Use the promo code Locked On. Aaron, I'm going to do everything I can to not say Buccaneers because typically when we do crossovers, it's the Bucks and the Falcons, but it's not the case this time. The Atlanta Falcons get to come up to the DMV. Um, I don't know if they're going to be okay with how fancy FedEx is compared to their stadium, but hopefully they'll they'll be able to to live with it. What's the what's going on with the Falcons? What's the biggest story for the Falcons entering this matchup? Yeah, it's adjusting to life without Kyle Pitts, right? He's yeah. suffered that knee injury last week. Uh, we, we know we're we're hoping that he'll be back at some point this year. He's on IR currently, so that means he's got to miss at least four weeks. But given the situation, given you know an MCL tear, sprain, whatever it is, uh, and and the Falcons haven't been too forthcoming with information on that front as uh, so many NFL teams are when it comes to injuries, you know, right now it's really at a point where if he does come back, it might be at the very end of the season where they're facing your other team, like the bucks in week 18, or potentially if the Falcons, you know, somehow manage to, you know, uh, overtake the bucks and and win the NFC South and make the playoffs. uh, Maybe we see Kyle Pitts at that point in time, uh, but it's going to be really hard for the Falcons to win games, including this weekend without Kyle Pitts. I know much has been made of his lack of production and the fantasy Mm. folks uh, being upset with, you know, how many targets he's not getting, how many catches he's not getting all that stuff. We've talked about it all the time on locked on Falcons, but the the truth of the matter is having Kyle Pitts on the field makes your team better 
Uh, and that's been clear even when he's not getting those targets. Just the attention he draws from the defense opens up opportunities for other playmakers. And now you're not going to have that. And how do the Falcons deal with that? Now, obviously, the strength of their offense has been running the football. They're the number two ranked rushing offense in the league based off mm-hmm. of yards. So it's not as if they need Kyle Pitts in a, in a healthy passing game to be an effective offense. But yeah. certainly you would like to have it uh, in your back pocket because potentially like in this game, you know, you might need to go down the length of the field in the fourth quarter to go get that W. And having a playmaker like Kyle Pitts is certainly an asset there, and they won't have that. And, you know, can they handle that this week and in the coming weeks? Yeah, no, you know, and you know what? You touched on something very interesting because, and that's why I love these crossovers. It's my second favorite episode of the week, my first one being Victory Monday live episodes uh, that we get to do. So, of course, when the commanders lose, my favorite episode is Crossover Thursday because we talk about the next game and hopefully getting to that Victory Monday episode. But I'll be honest, Aaron, because I am an outsider for the Falcons, right? I mean, I, I cover them, I, or I don't cover them. I look at them closer than maybe some people do just because they are within the division. But even me, when I saw that news come across, I was like, okay, like, you know, that that's, ter- first of all, it's terrible for the young man. He's already had kind of an uphill climb trying to be this generational tight end that he was he's, he's built out to be, and that's a lot of pressure. But then also the Falcons losing a playmaker, and obviously it's a loss and it's, it's significant. But I kind of paused and was like, but really how big of a loss is it because it's not like he's been blowing the roof off of off of games and off of opponents. So you kind of touched on that. So let me ask you that, like how much of this, like, because obviously stats can lie, right? How much of this from a functional standpoint, how big of a loss is this really? It, it's a significant loss. Like he's a big part of their offense. The, the real problem has been that the quarterback has not been able to get him the ball. It, it, mm-hmm. it would basically be like, and this has been a oft discussed topic on locked on Falcons. And I'm sure the comments are, are going ham right now, you know, with this debate, but mm-hmm. like if Marcus Mariota was playing better football, like no one would be complaining about Kyle Pitts's lack of targets, lack of touchdowns, lack of, you know, anything. Uh, yeah. They, they try to get him the ball a ton in their offense and the quarterback just hasn't done a great job connecting with him. That rapport between those two guys has not really shown much growth over the course of this season. So, um, he is a big part of their offense. And so when you look, when you just look at the box scores, you may not think it because you're seeing games mm-hmm. where he only has two catches or three catches or something like that. But, you know, the Falcons rarely throw the football, but when they do, it's most often uh, to Kyle Pitts. He overwhelmingly takes up the lion's share of their targets. It's just yeah. unfortunately, you know, inconsistency from the quarterback position has led to, you know, those targets not uh, being converted into receptions and touchdowns. Yeah, understandable. Absolutely. And and you know what? That's, that's great insight. I kind of liken it to Logan Thomas. Commanders fans are going to understand that. Like Logan doesn't necessarily put up, you know, uh, jaw dropping numbers week in, week out, but certainly an important part of the offense uh, when they can have him out there. So a huge story for that. For the Washington Commanders, I know everyone's expecting Chase Young, but I'm going to be honest with you. Even if Chase plays this weekend against, against the Falcons, it's going to be on a pitch count. If he plays more than a third of the defensive snaps, I will be surprised. Honestly, I'm looking like third down, third and five or more, third and third and passing, right? Uh, as probably the situations you see Chase on the field. And just like the Falcons coach, just like most coaches, we're not really going to get official word on what's going to happen with Chase till Friday, maybe even Saturday, because he could be questionable and all the way up till game time, not get a full discussion. So rather than kind of chase that rabbit hole and what and what might be and what if, I'm going with Taylor Heineke because starting quarterback, right, kind of labeled the starting quarterback Ron Rivera kind of clarified and said this is just for Atlanta we'll go week to week and see how this goes so that's kind of significant but 
I think it's important to look at Taylor and his pro production compared to what he does for the team. And you're kind of talking about Kyle Pitts. Like the numbers may not be blowing the roof off the stadium, right? 1,031 passing yards in five games. It's only 206.2 yards per game. The commanders had the 21st ranked passing game uh, in that per game, not just with Taylor, but even going back to with Carson was about that same click. Seven yards per average is 17th, ranked 17th among 35 NFL quarterbacks with at least 148 uh, pass attempts, which is how much Taylor has thrown the ball in those five games. In those, he's averaging seven yards per attempt. Again, middle of the pack. Wentz is actually averaging 6.4, 31st. So that kind of sounds like that production is better. But Taylor's also had a five to four interception, touchdown interception ratio. Uh, 2% of his throws have been considered big time throws by PFF. That's that's not very good. 6.4% of his throws have been considered turnover worthy. Jalen Petrie is forever going to kick himself for dropping. Uh, that first drive interception for the Houston Texans last week. Um, that's tops amongst every quarterback that's thrown at least 148 passes this season, which is 35 of them. That is the highest turnover worthy percentage. But then you, he does other things. And this is, I think, Aaron, where he he helps this team win. It's not so much the stat box. Only 12.7% of Taylor's pressures, the pressures against him, have turned into sacks. And that is one of the lowest uh, numbers of that group, again, of that group of 35 quarterbacks. And that is kind of what this team loves about him is that he's going to fight and scrap every single down. There's not a single down where he's not just ready for the fight. And that kind of helps elevate them. It's not so much that his play, like he's not throwing guys open all over the field. The timing is not immaculate, but his energy rises their play from, from a non, from a, from a way you can't really quantify. And that's turned into zero drops in five games. For this quarterback, it's because these receivers and running backs and tight ends, they know they need to perform for Taylor because of his limitations, but also because of the fight in him. They want to go out there and perform for him. Yeah, you don't have to convince me of, of how dangerous Taylor Heineke is because I remember the, the Falcons last year uh, where Taylor Heineke was cooking in that fourth quarter uh, against the very bad Falcons defense, and it's not a yeah. whole lot better. It's a little bit better than it was a year ago. So uh, certainly, uh, you know, Falcon fans are, are very familiar with sort of that mojo that Taylor Heineke can bring uh, to the football field where it's not always pretty. It's not always sort of consistent, but he's going to keep you, you know, competitive and in games and be in a position um, to win it in the end. And, and certainly uh, I've seen, you know, my fair share of that from Heineke in Washington, Heineke in Carolina. And I think, you know, commanders fans have, have seen that the last couple of weeks. And that's one of the reasons why it does feel like, you know, it's Heineke's, you know, again, whether it's his job to lose again, I know you have more insight into that, but it, it does mm -hmm. kind of feel like if, and when Wentz is, is ready to come back, like, I don't know if he's going to get his job back. Yeah, that, that really is what it is, is when is Taylor going to essentially relinquish the job via his play? And, and I know there are a, a certain amount of Commanders fans that are kind of wondering, like, when is the bad Heineke going to come out? When is that 6.4% of turnover-worthy play is going to bite this team in the butt? And I do, I agree. I think that's kind of the key uh, to this game. But we'll also get into key matchups, and we're going to do that here on this crossover episode. Thanks to our friends over at BetterHelp Therapy, because this show is sponsored by BetterHelp Therapy Online. And Aaron, when I think about some of my biggest moments in life that I had to adjust uh, to what everything that life was giving me, nothing stands out more than coming home from Afghanistan. My wife and I look back at it and we laugh now, almost 20 years uh, in the rearview mirror. But I was so uncomfortable coming back to what most people call normal life that I was literally in my own house asking permission just to get a glass of water. That's how uncomfortable 
Uh, I really was. Fortunately, we were able to get past that, obviously. And eventually, things did get back to a normal uh, again. But it didn't come out come without some help because life doesn't come with the user manual. And everyone deals with stresses in different ways. Sometimes we need help. And better help is the better way to get it. Therapists are trained to help you figure out the cause of challenging emotions and learn productive coping skills, which makes therapy the closest thing to a guided tour of the complex engine called you. BetterHelp has connected over 30 or 33 million people with licensed therapists. It's convenient, secure, and the best part is it's accessible anywhere, 100% online. You just fill out a brief questionnaire. They match you with a therapist. And look, if it's not going well with that therapist, you can easily switch anytime. It couldn't be simpler. No waiting rooms, no traffic, no endless searching for the right help. Get unstuck with BetterHelp. Learn more and save 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash locked on. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash locked on. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Aaron and I are going to identify the key matchups that will decide this which team comes out on top this weekend. And we thank you for joining us in that discussion by making this first listen of the day. Make sure you're also checking out Locked On Sports today. The games that matter, the biggest stories in sports go beyond the scoreboard, behind the scenes with local experts and insight that only Locked On can provide. Available on YouTube and anywhere you're getting your podcasts. Aaron, we've talked about Kyle Pitts and the absence thereof. We talked about Taylor Heineke and kind of what he brings to the field. Do you think that, that Falcons defense and, and how they can possibly affect Taylor, maybe take advantage of those turnover worthy plays is the key matchup or is there another matchup you're looking for uh, for Atlanta to take advantage of? Yeah, I think that's one of them. Um, you know, I'm curious to get your insights on this, David, watching this Washington offensive line just from afar and a little bit of research I've done. It does feel like you know, maybe the weakest link on their offensive line is that center position. I'm curious what your thoughts on that, because I'm wondering maybe this is a, a good an opportunity for someone like Grady Jarrett, who's got a lot of reps at that nose tackle position over the last couple of weeks, could really wreak havoc against, uh, you know, whoever that center is one on one. I know maybe Wes Schweitzer, a former Falcon, maybe coming back to the lineup. I'm just curious. It seems like there's yeah. been kind of musical chairs on that Washington offensive line all season long. There absolutely has. And Wes is certainly, it seems like he's getting healthier, right? Um, but Tyler Larson has been the guy of recent memory. And again, if Wes can't go, he will probably be uh, the guy that you see out there. And Andrew Norwell, if there's two members of this offensive line that are going to struggle, you hit the nail on the head, it's going to be the center and it's probably going to be Andrew Norwell. Trey Turner had some issues early on in the season. He kind of got pulled and Coach Vera's like, you know, he probably wasn't ready. Uh, but in the, in the time that he's come back, he's been a pretty steady part. And then those tackles have honestly been fairly steady as well. Now, right tackle Sam Cosme missed some time with an injury on his hand, and he's kind of coming back more and more, splitting some 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 time, getting in there a little bit, getting off the field a little bit. So the more that he gets healthy, the better that kind of gives that depth on the offensive line. But I do think that you're right that if the Falcons are able to penetrate the offensive line, it's going to be either from the center position or Andrew Norwell. Okay. Well, I think that, you know, is sort of where I think one of the key matchups is 
you know, up front, but on the back end, I'm I'm very eager to see the Terry McLaurin versus AJ Terrell matchup. Yeah. Right. We we saw a couple of weeks ago in that Philly game, Darius Slay kind of shadow Terry McLaurin. Terry McLaurin still had a big game. Uh AJ Terrell, uh, while a year ago probably would have been ranked above Darius Slay as one of the top cover corners has not mm. quite lived up to that billing this year, uh, has often drawn the matchup with number one uh, receivers, has had some good games like he had a, a great game against Amari Cooper earlier this season. DK Metcalf helped shut those guys down, uh, but has struggled from time to time against guys like Michael Thomas and Mike Evans and, and others this year. So I'm very curious to see if the Falcons shadow Terry McLaurin with AJ Terrell, which I assume they will, uh, mm. and how that matchup goes. Because I think, you know, if, if you have Grady Jarrett getting that pressure up front, if you have AJ Terrell, you know, probably not shutting down Terry McLaurin, but just at least keeping him contained, limiting some right. of those big plays that he got a couple of weeks ago on that Monday night football and, and eliminate those. Then I think that's a, a very favorable situation for this Falcons defense uh, to to basically slow down this commander's offense and, and be in a position to win the game late in the game. Yeah, absolutely. You know, what, what I love about these conversations, Aaron, is that. Terry McLaurin is becoming a measuring stick wide receiver. And I love that because that's kind of the next step into him becoming known as maybe one of the best receivers in the National Football League. You know, it's been Terry's their top guy. So if Terry gets going and that gives them a chance. But now it's how does our number one guy match up against him? Because we want to see just how good he can be or prove to people how good he can be. Uh, go back to the Eagles crossover. Gino Camilleri locked on Eagles, talked about a big play slay and said, this is supposed to be one of the best lockdown corners in the game. This is where you prove it. And again, measuring stick comments. And then you go to the Houston Texans. And he didn't play, but Derek Stingley Jr., Cody Davis, a locked on Texans, was really hoping to get to see Derek Stingley because there's been some talk about him having kind of a down rookie year. So this could be his opportunity to show people like, look, not blowing the roof off the league, but I'm still an NFL corner. For Unfortunately, we didn't get to see that matchup. But again, trying to show how good a guy is. And then now AJ Terrell, and I love your comments, trying to show how good he can be against one of the league's best because I think it shows the maturation of Terry McLaurin. And I love to see it because he's just he's one of the hardest working dudes uh, in the league. I have to believe my matchup for this game and commanders fans is going to sound familiar. It's the running game. It's the commanders running game versus the Falcons rush defense. And I'm going to keep going to this well until it is dry. Commanders rush for 150 plus yards in each of the last two games. Three times all year they've done it all three times. They've won the game. Green Bay, Philadelphia, and Houston. Those are the three opponents. They did it again. They rushed for over 137 yards in four of Taylor Heineke's five starts. So that shows you the commitment that Washington is making four times. The commanders have run 30 times or more. Minnesota, Green Bay, Houston, Philly, all four with Taylor Heineke as starting quarterback. And you would say they probably should have won that Minnesota game. Again, one of those, uh, one of those dangerous throws bit Taylor Heineke and the Washington commanders in the butt and cost them that game. Chris Russell, my co-host of Locked On Commander, says that this is not sustainable, that this running game is not sustainable. And I agree with him, Aaron. But I do think that Scott Turner, like me, is going to continue going to this well until the team says, no, 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 man, you're not carrying any water in that thing anymore. You minimize opportunities for Taylor Heineke to make a mistake. You wear out the opposing defense. You shorten the game. I think 10 drives or less is what the Washington Commanders want this game to be. And even though Atlanta has a better run defense statistically, and this is where I need your insight because, again, stats sometimes lie. Atlanta has a much better run defense statistically than the last two defenses that the commanders have really taken advantage of. I do think they're still going to come out trying this method and hoping they don't have to rely on Taylor's arm. Yeah, I, I would say the stats lie. The Falcons' run defense has not been particularly <laughs> great uh, yeah. this year. Um 
you know, I think that's what's that's what's so fascinating about this game because you know it's funny you talk about sustainability. This is what we were talking about with the Falcons earlier the season, where it's like they're so run heavy that yeah. it, can they rely on that game in and game out? And there have been games where they couldn't, but for the most part, they've been able to do that. And then this matchup is so interesting to me because it's basically two teams that just basically all they want to do is just run the football yeah. and like yeah. never throw the football. Third and two, maybe we'll throw the ball, but outside <laughs> yeah. of that, we're just going to run the football. And you know, I was a huge fan of Brian Robinson coming out. I think he's going to have a, a pretty good day uh, against yeah. this Falcons front, just kind of grinding it out, similar to how the Falcons, you know, utilize Cordero Patterson and, Ty- mm-hmm. and uh, Tyler Algier and Caleb Huntley, this sort of three-headed monster they have in their backfield, just kind of grinding it out. And basically, whoever, whichever team can sort of just keep the chains moving, control the clock, control possession, probably yep. will wind up, you know, sort of winning this game in the end. So it's two very similar matchups. And ultimately, it'll just kind of boil down to who can win in the trenches. I think Washington probably has feels probably a little better about their ability to stop the run with all those playmakers up front that they have. And, and then the Falcons probably would do so. That may play to Washington's favor. Yeah, no, I absolutely agree with you. I actually have a note here that says, Bottom line up front, I think that the team in this matchup that holds a lead longer than two possessions in the second half. So for two straight possessions, we switch sides, whatever team, if one of those teams can secure the lead for that long, I think that team wins because those two possessions, that's going to be about 45 to 50% of your entire second half. So if you can secure the lead and get that momentum going, you force the ball into the opposing quarterback's hands. And I think that's where the opponent kind of probably falls apart just a little bit. So we've got the key matchups. We've got the biggest stories. We're going to put it all together. We're going to tell you who is going to win this game. And we're going to do that thanks to Bet Online because this Crossover Thursday episode is brought to you by BetOnline.net, your number one source for sports betting info, stats, and news and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league available from football to basketball, soccer, esports. You got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, which you probably are at least partial to them because you're listening to this, you can find those over at BetOnline as well. Following week 11, Patrick Mahomes is the favorite to win the NFL MVP this season. And former Alabama quarterbacks, Tua Tungvaluwa and Jalen Hurts, are both second and third, respectively, in those odds. So if you want to get some money in on that action, you can do that at Bet Online. Always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fixed. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more at Bet Online, where the game starts. Today's Crossover Thursday episode also brought to you by Simply Safe. If you thought about securing your home with home security, but you've been putting it off, you're going to want to hear this because right now, Locked On listeners, you can order the number one rated Simply Safe home security system for 50% off. Order your Simply Safe system for half off today and enjoy advanced security and greater peace of mind this holiday season, especially as you're getting some of those packages delivered. If, if you got a neighbor that might be a little shady, you can catch them on film doing what they shouldn't be doing. Personally, I travel a lot. And the fact that I can check in on my home, my property with the Simply Safe app and my HD cameras that are around my house uh, is, is a lifesaver. Simply Safe was named the best home security system of 2022 by US News and World Report for a third year in a row. And in an emergency, 24 7 professional monitoring agents use Fast Protect technology exclusive with Simply Safe to capture cr- critical evidence and get the police or emergency, emergency response that you need with that 24 7 professional monitoring. It costs you less than a dollar. A day. So don't miss your chance to save big on the only security system I recommend because I use it on my own house. Get 50% off on your new Simply Safe system at simplysafe.com slash locked on. That's their biggest discount of the year. So don't wait. Simplysafe.com slash locked on NFL. There's no safe 
like Simply Safe. All right, guys, point of no return here. We're going to make some predictions. So Aaron Freeman and I are going to put our names on the line, our predictions on the line, and I'm going to say something that's not going to make Mike Anderson very happy. So he's just going to have to live with it. Aaron Freeman, I'm already getting screenshots from Mike booing my shows because we're talking about Commanders and Falcons. So shout out to Big Mike out there. Commanders are at home, favored by four, which really is favored by one because the home team technically technically uh, usually gets about a, a field goal advantage anyway versus the Atlanta Falcons, who you got coming out on top of this one. Yeah, uh, I, you know, the Fal- Lockdown Falcons listeners are not going to be happy with me. <laughs> um, I think the commanders probably will pull it off. I, I think just mm-hmm. like pretty much every game the Falcons have, it will come down to the final possession in the fourth quarter. Probably whoever has the ball last will have a chance to go down the field and win it. And whether it's the Falcons or the commanders, you know, I don't feel as favorable uh, thinking about the Falcons going up against that commander's defense, you know, mm-hmm. with the game on the line and probably needing to throw the football in the two minute drill uh, to win the game. Uh, then I do probably Taylor Heineken. We saw him do this last year against Atlanta, uh, doing yeah. it in the, in the two minute drill against a weaker Falcons defense. I think the thing that may go in the Falcons favor is if they can get off to a good start, they have traditionally not done that on the road this year. They they kind of need to, but if they don't get off to a great start, you know, maybe this is the week where that's okay because Washington, mm. from what I have seen, has not been a great first quarter team. Uh, you know, maybe outside of that Eagles game, uh, they, they haven't really done a whole lot to, to play with leads. So th- this may be a week where if the Falcons do get off to another typical slow start in the road, maybe that's not uh, going to get them in as big a hole as it has done in previous weeks. And so maybe they'll be, be able to climb out of it. But, you know, all that to say, Right now, I'm feeling like this is probably going to be a low-scoring, kind of grinded-out game, back and forth, field position, special teams. If if Cordero Patterson can have a repeat touchdown on on a kickoff return, that yeah. may be the thing that gives the Falcons the lead. But I have the Commanders winning a close one, something around like 24-21 or something like that. Nice. I like the score prediction. Listen, I have it on good authority. There are, and I can't say every team, but there are pro scouts and there are quality assurance coaches that listen to these podcasts because they want the inside information. They want the localized, focused analysis and opinions uh, as well. So I'm going to give, so if you're a Falcons quality assurance coach or quality control coach, whatever your organization calls them, or a pro scout, check it out, listen up. You got to score early. So there, there's my groundbreaking analysis. Every team wants to score fast, right? Every team wants to come out fast. But honestly, against watch commanders, that is the key. You need to put the commanders behind, put the ball in Taylor Heineke's hands, and force him to not make the critical mistake for at least 45 minutes if you can in this game. So that's really what it boils down to. And so I know every single person will know, of course, put your pen down. Got it. Here's my score prediction. Again, commander's favored by four. Atlanta is scoring 23 and a half points per game on average, allowing 24.9 points per game. Very close margins of of scores there, right? Washington is scoring 19 and a half points per game, allowing 17.9. Again, very close margins of scores there. So Atlanta scoring differential, so you don't have to do the math. Negative 1.4. They're scoring negative 1.4 points fewer than they're allowing on average. Washington's point differential, negative 0.8 points. So not even a full point uh, on average, which means both these teams play a lot of close games. And that's what we both have kind of testified to here. Uh, Four points is too much. That's too big of a spread. I do think the Falcons cover the spread. So if you're a Falcons fan, you want to put money on your team because you're loyal, do yourself a favor, do it against the spread. Give yourself those four points, wiggle room 
Uh, so you can at least celebrate your own victory, even if Atlanta loses, which I do think they will, Aaron. 23 to 21 is my score prediction. I legitimately have that typed on my screen, so nobody accuse me of copying Aaron. I'm not prices writing him, okay? I'm not. 23-21 is my math. Um, so, Aaron, recapping this crossover, my biggest story for the Commanders, is Taylor Heineke going to continue to keep the Commanders out of trouble? Not putting up a lot of numbers, but can he avoid the big mistake? Key matchup, Commanders rushing game versus that Falcons rush defense, which you say statistically is better than they actually are functionally, which makes all Brian Robinson Jr. fantasy owners very, very happy. Uh, score prediction, Falcons do cover the spread, I think, but Washington gets their third straight win and sets up the possibility, Aaron, that three NFC East teams could have eight wins or more after week 13. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see who sort of emerges out of the NFC East where it's been a lot more competitive than I think a lot of people sort of expected going into yeah. this season with teams like the Giants and the Commanders uh, being probably, well, maybe not Commanders fans, but uh, being a little bit better uh, than people thought. But, you know, with the Falcons, their biggest story of the week is sort of what adjustments they can make uh, with Kyle Pitts down uh, for probably the rest of this season. And if they can sort of, you know, pick up that slack in the passing game or will they just lean more heavily on that running game? The key matchup in this game is going to be that Terry McLaurin versus AJ Terrell matchup, but also up front, you want to see if Grady Jarrett can cook against a questionable Washington interior offensive line. And for the final score prediction, very similar to what David has. I have the commanders winning uh, 24-21, but the Falcons do wind up covering, maybe getting that backdoor uh, cover on the spread. Absolutely. It's going to be it's going to be a fun game. Should be an interesting. Might be the fastest game of the year. I usually don't get home yeah. from FedEx games till about 9 p.m. I told my wife I might be home for dinner on this one. I might be home in time for dinner. I don't, I don't think so, but uh, it could be a very, very quick one. So we appreciate you, Aaron. Of course, appreciate all of you out there. For making Locked On Commanders, Locked On Falcons, your first podcast listen of the day. For your second listen, check out our friends over at Locked On Sports today. Every once in a while, we're on there, too. So you can find us from the games that matter, the most of the biggest stories in sports. Go beyond the scoreboard, behind the scenes with local experts and insight that only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports today, available on this app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcast. For the illustrious Aaron Freeman, one of my favorite hosts on this entire network, guys. Host of Locked On Falcons, writer for the Falcoholic. I am David Harrison. One of the hosts of Locked On Commander. Shout out to the Rooster, my partner in crime and writer for Commander Country. If you're out and about, please be safe. Be kind to one another. Enjoy the game this weekend. Look, guys, June is coming. So enjoy while you have football. Even if it's not good football, enjoy while you have football. If you see us around, make sure you say hi. Thank you for joining us on this crossover Thursday episode on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day.
Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.